for Thursday, November 18th. It's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, Ilya Meretz looks at one sector that's not rebounding so well from the economic downturn, the delivery business in New York City. Plus, what may be the greenest band in the world visits the city. We start with this morning's top headlines, just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. The first Guantanamo detainee to face a civilian trial has been acquitted of all but one of the charges against him. Ahmed Galani was accused in the 1998 bombings of two U.S. embassies in Africa, and his defense attorney, Peter Quijano, says just as noteworthy as the verdict is where it was reached. Where in the shadow of the World Trade Center this jury acquitted Ahmed Halfan Galani of 284 out of 285 counts. Galani was found guilty of one count of conspiracy by a federal jury in Lower Manhattan. Prosecutors said Galani was a cold-blooded killer and a terrorist, but defense lawyers said he was a fall guy for al-Qaeda operatives. The attacks killed 224 people, each of which was a murder charge against Galani, who now faces 20 years to life in prison. The last undeclared U.S. Senate race has been decided. Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski has become the first senator in more than five decades to win an election through a write-in campaign. Murkowski lost to Tea Party favorite Joe Miller in the GOP primary. Meanwhile, Democrats and Republicans have selected their House leaders for January's new Congress. Nancy Pelosi will continue to lead Democrats as House Minority Leader, and John Boehner will lead Republicans, succeeding Pelosi as the next Speaker of the House. The Senate is set to take up a vote on allowing gays to serve openly in the military. Majority Leader Harry Reid says he'll call for a vote after Thanksgiving. The repeal of the current law would take effect after the president and his top military advisors certify that doing so would not hurt the military's ability to fight. ExxonMobil has agreed to pay $25 million in fines and completely clean up a massive subterranean oil spill in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. The company first began to clean up the spill in 1990, but State Attorney General Andrew Cuomo sued the company in 2007 because it was taking too long. We've already doubled the amount of wells that have been drilled to remove the product, uh, but it's going to take a while. Exactly how long, I don't know. But it's the rate of removal has increased dramatically. Cuomo, now the governor-elect, says the settlement calls for benchmarks but doesn't set a final deadline for extracting the oil. In addition, the company will pay $25 million in fines, some of which will go toward local environmental projects. Between 17 and 30 million gallons of oil is believed to have leaked out of a refinery and terminal owned by Exxon in the neighborhood over a series of decades. A spokeswoman for the company says ExxonMobil is pleased with the settlement and will come up with a plan to involve the community within 90 days. Mayor Bloomberg's plan to extend the number 7 subway to New Jersey is getting polite applause from transit advocates, but they say the project is a long way from becoming a reality. WNYC's Andrea Bernstein has more. Westside real estate developers are cheering the mayor's proposal, but urban planners are more measured. The Regional Plan Association says you can fit more riders on a subway car than a commuter rail car, but that unlike the Arc Tunnel, everyone would have to change trains in Secaucus. The Straphangers campaign says the idea of extending the subway to the suburbs has appeal, but wonders who will foot the bill. Mayor Bloomberg is promoting the plan as potentially being better than the Arc Tunnel. 
but construction experts say it will take at least five years just to develop a project plan for the $5.3 billion project, and it has yet to gain the support of Governor-elect Cuomo or Governor Christie. For WNYC, I'm Andrea Bernstein. For more on the story, go to the Transportation Nation blog at WNYC.org. Brooklyn City Councilman Jumani Williams has introduced a resolution calling on the state education commissioner to block Kathy Black from becoming the city school's chancellor. The Hearst Magazine's executive needs a waiver because she doesn't have education credentials. Council Speaker Christine Quinn declined to take a position on the resolution. She says the council doesn't play a role in the process anyway. I think this is an example of how mayoral control works. The mayor gets to make the choice of who the school's chancellor is, and that is how the process works. Mayor Bloomberg submitted a request for the waiver yesterday. He says Black's managerial experience makes her qualified. State Education Commissioner David Steiner will then appoint a panel to review the request. The number of working New Yorkers who receive health insurance has dropped significantly in recent years. A new study suggests New York is lagging well behind the rest of the country. WNYC's Fred Mogul has more. Between 2003 and 2009, the number of New York workplaces offering insurance held steady at 70 percent, or 10 points higher than the national average. But those workplaces actually made it harder for employees to get covered. Those employees either had to work more hours or be employed in a place longer or hold more senior positions. So as of last year, only 58 percent of workers received health coverage. That's seven points lower than nationwide and a drop of 11 points in New York since 2003. David Sandman of the New York State Health Foundation, which conducted the study, says many employers want to cover workers, but the high cost of insurance, the skyrocketing premiums, and the slow-paced economy are making it hard. For WNYC, I'm Fred Mogul. It's a busy day on today's calendar. The House Ethics Committee meets to recommend punishment for Harlem Congressman Charles Rangel, likely a reprimand or center. Rangel says he'll be at the hearing, but to offer no clues as to what he might say. President Obama stops by a meeting on the new START treaty with Russia. He's trying to get through the Senate before the end of the year. Attendees include Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and three of her predecessors, two former defense secretaries and other top officials as well. Obama departs for Lisbon tonight for the NATO and EU summit. First Lady Michelle Obama will be in the tri-state area today promoting her Let's Move initiative on school nutrition and physical activity. She'll be at a Newark public school with Mayor Cory Booker, and later she'll be in Harlem. Today's the new extended deadline for 9-11 rescue and recovery workers made sick by their work at Ground Zero to decide whether they want to join a legal settlement. General Motors launches its initial public offering, one of the nation's largest, at $33 a share. The day's key economic reports include weekly unemployment claims and the conference board's leading economic index. The nation's report card, the assessment wing of the education department, releases its latest measure of grade 12 reading and math. It's the American Cancer Society's 35th Great American Smokeout, in which smokers are urged to kick their tobacco habit. And the Port Authority Bus Terminal hosts the New York Arm Wrestling Championship, or more accurately, the 33rd Annual Empire State Golden Arm Tournament of Champions. Just a few of the things happening this Thursday.
Later today, October employment figures come out for New York State and New York City. Since the beginning of the year, the city has added 34,000 private sector jobs. But some industries are lagging, among them couriers and messengers. WNYC's Ilya Meritz reports the delivery business is adapting to leaner times. Just how bad has it been in the delivery business? Adam Daly, the founder of A to Z Couriers, says his orders dropped off so steeply in the recession, he's had to cut a huge portion of his staff. 40% over two years. And it's been excruciating. Many of my staff have been with me since day one, which is 20 years. And so it's, it's been very difficult indeed. Difficult, but typical, says Martin Coley, an economist with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. At pre-recession peak in 2007, he says, the industry employed around 20,000 people in New York City. Today, it's less than 14,000, a drop of around 30 percent. It's worse than construction. And that's saying something. From September 2009 to September 2010, only the finance sector lost more jobs on a percentage basis. One reason, in any downturn, sending packages by messenger is one of the first perks to be eliminated. Another reason, low-paying, low-skill messenger jobs are tied closely to some very high-paying, high-skill jobs that have also suffered steep losses in New York. Accountants, real estate brokers, architects, Wall Street, advertising. Recently, though, there have been signs of a turnaround and couriers are beginning to feel the effect. A couple mornings a week, the waiting room at Velocity Express on the west side of Manhattan fills up with job applicants, mostly men in slouchy jeans and Yankee caps. This company, based in Texas, is hiring about 50 messengers and is looking for drivers, too. Emelinda Torres from Queens lost her last job seven months ago and spent the summer and fall knocking on doors unannounced. I just, you know, introduce myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm officially looking for work if they are hiring, and they say, well, they'll look at my resume, we're like, well, we'll keep you in file. But nothing worked out until last month. Three weeks ago, Velocity Express hired Torres as an assistant site manager. She's now training to track couriers and packages. Velocity Express division president Michelle Cavalier says demand for delivery services has been creeping upward for several months, and she's optimistic the company can retain some of its new employees even after Santa Claus has left town. I would think about 20% of our hiring base right now is just for the season, um, but uh, we should retain uh, the rest. Still, Cavalier admits the delivery business is changing and some clients will never return. Adam Daly with A to Z Couriers says his former customers in the fashion industry send portfolios by email now. As a consequence, he's innovating. This summer, Daly launched a side business he believes is desperately needed in New York City. Taxis for dogs. The hounds ride around in A to Z's bright purple pet mobiles. It's people who are going to the vet, going to the groomers, going to the country house. After all, it's not yet possible to send a Labrador retriever as an email attachment. For WNYC, I'm Ilya Meritz. I met a pixie in the forest and she knew what I had done. She forgave me instantly and made me want to run. If you think a world tour requires leaving a significant carbon footprint, the Ginger Ninjas is here to prove you wrong. The band rode 5,000 miles on an epic bike tour from Northern California to Southern Mexico. During live performances, the band even recruits audience members to ride stationary bikes to power its amps and instruments. You can be part of the band's human-powered stage tonight at Barbes in Park Slope, or download this track, Little Door, for free on our culture page. Just click on culture at wnyc.org. 
And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. It's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson. Have a great Thursday. And we are at Little Door, but only open for-